Welcome to the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. Each week, I help you make sense of what's happening in that region through a biblical lens, security threats, archaeological discoveries, biblical prophecy. Those are just a few of the things that we cover. And the main purpose of the Middle East Report Special Edition is to encourage you to read, study, and apply the Word of God in your life. The best way to do that is to connect to the people, places, and geography of what we read in God's Word. And we are going to do exactly that here in just a minute. We are going to go to Israel and talk to a dear friend, a worldwide Bible teacher, Dr. Baruch Corman. I wanted to remind you right here at the top of the show that you can download a podcast of the show wherever you get your podcast. So I encourage you to follow me that way. And that way you'll be able to know whenever a brand new podcast comes out for you to listen to. Well, joining us from the land of Israel is my dear friend, Dr. Baruch Corman. And Dr. Corman has a Master of Divinity in Biblical Languages and a PhD in Jewish Studies. He has a global ministry, and he is the director of the Zera Abraham Institute based in Israel. His television show, Love Israel, is broadcast around the world in many different languages and on radio across American Family Radio. Dr. Corman, thank you for joining us today here on the Middle East Report Special Edition. Thank you very much, John. As always, it's a joy and I think very significant to be part of your show. Well, tell us uh, where you're joining us from in the land of Israel today. Well, I'm only about uh, 12 to 15 miles north of Gaza in a city that is mentioned both in the Old and New Testament, the city known as Ashdod, and it's along the Mediterranean. And as I said, we're a city that uh, also receives rockets out of Gaza. Uh, the last uh, set was uh, Friday, last Friday night, and then also on Sunday of this week. So the war is still happening. God is faithful, and we see that uh, things will happen in God's timing, and there's going to be victory for God's people. Well, we're going to talk about the war there in Israel and have you give us a firsthand update on what's happening there in the land of Israel. Baruch, each and every week in my introduction to the Middle East Report Special Edition, I always encourage people to read, study, and apply the Word of God in their life. And then I just say that the best way to do that is to connect to the people, places, and geography of what you read in the Bible. How important is that for us to study the Bible in context, you know, to talk about the people and the places and the geography. And, you know, how, how do we how do we do that? Well, if you're going to understand God's revelation, his revelation through his word, you need to connect properly with his word. Now, one of my favorite things to do is to take people to the Jezreel Valley and explain to them that that name Jezreel means God has planted. And it speaks about God planting his people in the land and the world doesn't like that. The world does not want Jewish people living on this land. And we know that in the last days, there's going to be a battle in that specific location, also known as the Valley of Yehoshaphat, which means the Lord will judge. And many people might know it as the Battle of Armageddon. And God is going to make a proclamation. In fact, in Hebrew, that town is called Megiddo, which means his proclamation. And God is going to make a strong statement uh, in the last days when he defeats the enemies of Israel. And the one who's going to do that is none other than Jesus Christ when he returns. And I'm talking about his second coming. And he's going to provide victory for all those who will look upon him and confess him as their Lord and Savior. 
Well, that's why, you know, it's so important that we we understand all these things because, you know, we'll read in the Bible and we're like, I don't know what that is all about. I mean, why is the geography important? Why uh, is the culture important when, you know, when we study God's Word? Well, even that that location uh, up in the, the lower Galilee, military people see it as, and it's been called, I think, by Napoleon, the the mother of all battlefields because it's it's a perfect battlefield and when you know the ge- geology or the geographic uh, places it is where you would have to defend if you want to defend Jerusalem so all of this is just not uh, spiritual but it's also self-evident when you look at the roads the mountains the geography you can see why things are happening and did happen where they did. Well, we're challenging you today to dig deeper into God's Word, do more than just read the Word of God. I mean, that's important every single day, but study the Bible, study the places, study the geography, uh, connect with Dr. Baruch Corman and Love Israel. He has an incredibly amount of free Bible teaching for you to connect to directly from the Word of God, and I encourage you to connect to that ministry, loveisrael.org, loveisrael.org, and you get more information about all the free Bible resources right there on that website, loveisrael.org. Baruch, let's get an update on what's happening there with the war in Israel. I mean, the war is ongoing. It's really not front-page headline anymore in most uh, places around the world, but the war continues there in Israel, and it's happening on a lot of different fronts. It certainly is. Of course, people know about what's going on in Gaza. Uh, Unfortunately, the hostages that remained, about 140 hostages, Jewish people who are are held captive against their will, nothing has really happened. Right now, the Israeli army is looking and trying to find the hostages, but unfortunately, this has not taken place. I will say, and people need to realize that uh, one uh, man did escape from Hamas, but the civilians captured him and gave him back. And I think that's significant because it shows that that the people of Gaza, we hear so often from from this current administration, oh, this is a, a battle against the terrorists, not against the people of Gaza. Well, we have to realize that the people are extremely loyal. Now, there's been some exceptions to that, and praise God, but the battle is still going on. The hostages are not being returned. And more than that, uh, there is evidence of them being tortured, both men and women, and being done so in some barbaric ways, and even some sexual abuse is, is prevalent among both the women and men hostages. So we need to understand how barbaric and cruel the, the, the terrorists are and how they are mistreating people for the sake of their own demented endeavors. You know, there in Gaza, it's almost as if the media is wanting to suppress what you're saying, Baruch, about normal citizens that are supporting Hamas in this. In fact, I read a story not too long ago where there was this family who actually had hostages in the family. So this is a normal Gazan family who are holding the hostages there in Gaza. You're absolutely right. And we see that the hospitals, the directors of the hospitals are are totally committed to Hamas. 
And we also find that there's such lies being put forth. Um, we all know about how Hamas claimed that an Israeli rocket destroyed a hospital. We found out, no, it didn't destroy the hospital. It hit the parking lot, and it wasn't even an Israeli rocket. It was one sent by the terrorists, specifically by Islamic Jihad. And they announced, oh, there was over 500 people that were, were killed. When it comes out, there was probably maybe a dozen. And here again, Israel had nothing to do with it. But it took so long for that to come out. And, and over and over, we hear that people are reporting what Hamas is releasing as factual, the number of casualties. We don't know what the number of casualties are, but certainly Hamas has a history of inflating them and, and saying how a high percentage is women and children. None of that has been verified. And it's really shame on the news media international, internationally for not doing journalistic uh, work to verify these things. Well, as I understand it, there in Gaza, uh, Baruch, and you can help me out with this and those who are listening, but I know in the northern part of Gaza, some of the troops have been withdrawn, so there's more concentration on the central part of Gaza. Is that accurate? What's going on with the uh, constant push from Israel to rid Gaza of Hamas? It's a work in progress. Uh, numerous terrorists have been uh, killed, but what you just said was very, very true. And what happened earlier this week, I was uh, in Ireland and just got back to, uh, to Israel on Monday. And there was that troops movement out of the north. And shortly after that, over 50 rockets were launched at uh, different Israeli cities in the south. So whenever Israel lets up, that creates a vacuum and Hamas uh, uses that in order to carry out their attacks on Israeli civilians. And I think it's important to note that you have the war in Gaza, but there are other fronts, uh, the North, Yemen, Syria. Could you talk about you know some of those things going on? And even in Judea and Samaria, or what a lot of people would call the West Bank, which it's not the West Bank, it is Judea and Samaria biblically. Exactly right. And I appreciate those names. They, they mean something because they tie this land to the scripture. And that's what we want to do. We want to tie everything to the Bible. But uh, in Judea and Samaria, we see that there is numerous uh, terrorist activity going on. The Israeli army is also there uh, foiling uh, many, many terrorist attacks. In fact, I haven't heard the numbers recently, but in the first few weeks of the, the war, uh, the Israeli army foiled over 90 attacks. And some of these attacks were, were pretty, on a, pretty much on a large scale. They had a desire to, to kill numerous Israelis. So the army's working there. And of course, we, we know the situation with the, the Houthis, the Houthi uh, in Yemen, who is totally supported by Iran, how they are attacking the, the interests of the shipping community to also uh, bring about another type of terrorism. Since this war began, there's been about a 15% in the cost of nearly everything in Israel. So as these products cannot get into Israel because of the terrorism on the, on the, war, on the waterfront, on the seas, this is causing either 
things to be going around Africa and then coming in, which is increasing the time and the cost, or we simply do not get the supplies that, that we need. So there in Yemen, and then also perhaps many of your listeners don't realize that, that Iran is, is the real source of this, uh, this war, supplying it financially, supplying intelligence, supplying other means. And they have, and this is nothing new, for probably the last five years, Iran has been trying to, to get military assets, and we're talking about soldiers and weapons and such, into Syria. And that's why I get on my phone a report uh, nearly every night that the, the defense system in Damascus or in Aleppo, uh, one of these places, is functioning because Israel is attacking. And they do that simply because they're not going to allow Syria to become a staging zone for a proxy war against Israel out of Syria. And of course, we know that Hezbollah in Lebanon is totally supported by, by Iran. And therefore, we have that front as well. So when you think about it, Gaza, Lebanon, Syria, Yemen, Judea, Samaria, uh, all over. And, and this is weighing thin upon the Israeli soldiers. Many of them began on October 7th, and they have had no breaks whatsoever. So it is a, a tense time here in Israel, and many people are making sacrifices. And so many of the soldiers that are dying are 19, 20, 21 years of age. We need to continue to pray for that situation and support the Jewish people and the land of Israel in any way that we can. And I know that uh, you all are doing a lot in that area. I want to encourage you to connect with loveisrael.org. You can find out what they are doing there in Israel. And of course, uh, you know, the main thing that uh, Dr. Corman does is Bible teaching, teaching the Word of God literally around the world. And all of the Bible studies are absolutely free when you go to loveisrael.org. I encourage you to check that out. Well, we, we talked about you know, the situation with the war there, but I know uh, there is definitely a spiritual dimension, you know, to what's going on there. And you speak all over the world, uh, Baruch, and you meet with other believers. Tell us the pulse of what you're feeling, you know, with other believers around the world, the spiritual dimension, and just kind of break that open for us. Well, what's surprising to me, we know the anti-Semitism in the world but there's also a lot of anti-Zionism in the church. And many people don't know that that word Zion or Zion is a kingdom word. It speaks about a redemption that is going to give birth to the establishment of the kingdom of God. And when we read prophecy, there are certain things that God says must take place for the kingdom to be established. And one of which is the return of the Jewish people back to the land. Don't uh, make the, the false uh, assumption that God's not interested in the land. When we study that Abrahamic covenant and the Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 3.16 that the, the land and the, the Messiah is foundation to the kingdom promises. So Messiah himself is the seed of Abraham. And when we look at Genesis chapter 12, we find that, that right off the bat, God speaks about the land and its importance. 
And right now, just in the same way that after the Babylonian captivity, he brought the people back to the land in order for Messiah to come the first time. Well, likewise, he's bringing the people back to the land for Messiah. And of course, we know that the rapture comes first. But then after that, at the end of Daniel's 70th week, those final seven years, Messiah is going to return. He is going to destroy the enemies of Israel. Israel, every nation in the world is going to go up and wage war against the Jewish people. And when we look at the anti-Semitism in the world, we can see how that can happen. It's it's just unthinkable to me to, to hear and, and see what's taking place, the hatred. I mean, we know in, in America that some of the most prestigious universities, their presidents, uh, couldn't speak against genocide. Now, genocide is not just an idea. It is a, a extermination of a race, and they couldn't even speak out against it. That says something. The world is changing, and it's only through prophetic truth that we can have the right expectations and understanding for what God says will happen as we approach the last days. You know, you mentioned uh, universities here in our country, you know, promoting Jew hatred and, of course, students on the college campuses being taught that. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking about uh, the anti-Semitism that is just rising exponentially here in our country. I mean, I'm seeing protests in New York. I'm seeing it in, in, in so many different places. And I don't even want to call it a protest. I mean, it is just a uh, satanic uh, show up of uh, Arabs and, and other, you know, people that come together to try to say, hey, you know, Israel is committing genocide. Because you mentioned genocide. And they try to flip that and say, well, Israel is killing, you know, the Palestinians or the Arab people. Well, what we find is that Israel didn't want to to kill anyone, including any of the Palestinians. In fact, Israel has has given them independence and a right to their own autonomy, and they chose Hamas. And they were the ones that initiated this conflict on October 7th and brought about the greatest number of, of Jewish people's death since World War II. And what's significant is that that this uh, October 7th uh, terrorist act, it's significant because they knew, a lot of Christians don't know that that took place just not on Shabbat, on the Sabbath day, but on a biblical festival known in Hebrew as Shemeni Atzeret. Uh, we might translate that the eighth day assembly, and it's a day of joy and gladness. And they wrote to, through email, they wrote to the leaders of the communities around Gaza, and they stated, we are going to turn your holiday of joy to sadness and mourning. And they did just that. And they did it because they don't want the good things that God wants to bring about. There is a spiritual dimension. They do not want the nation of Israel, but God does. And we're going to see that that Jewish people, according to prophecy, are not just going to live in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and different places, but they are also going to spread out, according to the prophecy of Obadiah, into Lebanon, into to Jordan, and also in towards Egypt. And this is happening. Israel's not going to get smaller as the world wants, 
but it's going to grow and expand in the amount of land that makes up the nation of Israel. I realize that people think this is hard to believe, but God says it, and I believe it. I believe it, too, because it's the Word of God. We're talking to Dr. Baruch Corman with uh, Love Israel, and I encourage you to connect to his Bible teaching ministry. It's all free, and you can go to loveisrael.org, loveisrael.org to find out more about that. Now, you speak all over the, the world, and why why are churches, a lot of churches across the world, and, and even, of course, here in this country of the United States, not teaching about the importance of Israel? I think the primary reason is because there is a tendency within the church, and I'm speaking about the evangelical church, not to deal with prophecy. Now, they may take a verse out of the prophets here and then, a messianic prophecy and such, but we really need to have a good understanding of what Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the so-called minor prophets, what they taught. And, and when you ignore that, you don't see really the, the heart intentions of God, what he wants to bring about, and what should be our ex expectations. Now, many people believe that God's finished with Israel. But if you read Romans chapter 11, you know Paul didn't expect God to, to uh, turn his back forever on Israel. What we see is, he says, if their, their transgression and their stumbling uh, was the wealth to the nations and the richness to the world, he says, what will be their acceptance? their restoration. So Paul, knowing prophecy, expected in the last days that there would be a reconciliation between a remnant of Israel and God. And all the prophets taught that. And it must happen for the kingdom to come. We are taught by our Lord and Savior, Messiah Jesus, to be kingdom-minded. So many of the parables uh, instruct us in being expectation and having a right understanding of the kingdom. Well, when we look at the prophets, we can see what God is going to do and bring about in the last days in order to fulfill that. The problem with the church is we don't have prophetic expectation of what God is up to, and we miss out on the hand of God at work, even in our days. Now, you mentioned kingdom-minded. Could you unpack that for us just a little bit? What does it mean? to be kingdom-minded. Kingdom-mindedness, first and foremost, is agreeing with God and agreeing with his promises. There's a very important word in the scripture. I love this word. It's the word hope. And hope is, is believing in the promises of God, the written promises of God. And the place where we're going to know those promises, those blessings to the greatest degree, and they're going to be eternal, is in the kingdom of God. So when we are kingdom-minded, we are pursuing like the patriarchs did, like the prophets taught, we are pursuing the promises of God, and we're doing so according to a scriptural foundation, a scriptural lens. And if you were to ask me, what is the, you know, I love the church, but if you were to ask me, what is the greatest problem with the church today? I would say a casualness with the word of God, not taking scripture as seriously as we should. And that means we pour over it, we read it, we study it, and 
we look just not at a passage here and the next week a different passage, but good Bible study involves studying the books of the Bible and having an understanding of which what every book taught in the scripture, the primary message, what is the content. And when we know that, it's going to give us a better lens to understand more and more of the scriptures. That is well put. Why Why is it that uh, we often have a casual approach to the Word of God as believers? I don't think we see the power of the Word of God. And the reason why we don't see that is because there's a tendency not to apply the Word of God to our life. Well, earlier today, I was uh, doing a television program for Romania, and the hostess was talking about the number of things that Israel did in its history that missed out on what God was up to. And she correctly said, you know, I don't think the church is any different. And it goes back to the same problem, not valuing, not guarding scripture in our heart and putting it into our minds and making scripture the lens by which we view all things. When we do that, we'll see things differently. We'll see things from God's perspective. I want to encourage you to connect with uh, Dr. Corman and Love Israel. Uh, mentioning serious Bible study, that is what this ministry does, verse by verse, book by book. And you can access all of that absolutely free. There's a wonderful app that you all have. People can download that app. That app is amazing. You have done a great job with that. And I want to encourage everybody to download that app. And I think it is called My Bible Study. If they look for it in the app store, is that right? You're absolutely right. Just simply My Bible Study, and it's free. Check that out because all of those resources are for you and your family to share from Dr. Corman. And again, verse by verse, book by book. And you can get that and share that with your friends and have it on your mobile phone or your mobile device. And you can listen to uh, some serious Bible study for you and your family. It's, and believe me, it's not going to be a, a casual look at the scriptures. Uh, Dr. Corman, you don't do that. When you open up the scriptures and you go verse by verse, you are actually using a Bible in the original language, and then you are interpreting that for us. So it's a very, very unique way to study God's Word in the original language. Yeah. What our ministry is about, if it's in the Old Testament, primarily Hebrew is the language of the Old Testament, that's what I'm looking at. If we're in the New Testament, of course, the New Testament was written in Greek, and therefore we're looking at the Greek language. And it brings a richness because the grammar and the vocabulary of Hebrew and Greek for the scripture really gives us an ability to go deeper and have a more accurate understanding of what God wants to communicate to his people. He loves us and he gives us his truth. Well, how can we pray for you guys? Love Israel and your family. We, we do a lot of traveling, as you pointed out. In the next few weeks, we're going to be in Georgia. And I'm not talking about the state of Georgia, but the country of Georgia and Central Asia, also in Singapore uh, and Indonesia, many other places. So just pray that God would prepare the people's heart and the message would be well-received. I want to encourage you to pray for them, and I also want to encourage you to connect with Love Israel, loveisrael.org, loveisrael.org. Dr. Corman, thank you for joining us today from the land of Israel. Thank you, John. 
That's the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. You can download a podcast of the show wherever you get your podcast and from American Family Radio, AFR.net.